From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. Career Talk, your career insider here on Business Radio. We are powered by the Wharton School. You are on Sirius XM Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and I'm the career director for the MBA Executives Program here in Philadelphia. I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter, and I'm here with Patty McMahon and Deanne Simpkins, who are running the show today, and we have a great show today and I want to hear from you. So if you're listening, our number is 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. So we're about a week away from Thanksgiving and today is all about you. We want to give thanks to all the listeners and callers who are out there. So if you have a question on any job search topic or career advice that you want to share with other listeners, today is the day. We want to hear from you at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. I'm also calling this the Canadian Thanksgiving show because to help us with this topic, we welcome back one of our favorite expert guests, Ross McPherson. Ross is the president of CareerQuest, a certified interview and job search coach, and and recognizes one of the best resume writers in North America. We're excited to have him here on Career Talk all the way from his home in Toronto. Welcome back to Career Talk, Ross. How are you? I'm fantastic, Don. Thrilled to be back. So here's the thing. We have Thanksgiving next week in the U.S. Yep. You had Thanksgiving. Um, it's the second Monday of October. Oh, you've done your research. I yeah. did do my research. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I have a lot of fun facts on, on Thanksgiving. Excellent. But... Yes, we, we've, already, we've already celebrated ours and, and, uh, and, and everything. I'd gone through all the leftovers, the, the, the whole nine yards. So, so you guys have off. The post offices are closed. School's closed. Kind of same deal as here. It's, this, the, it's, it's almost identical. It really is. It's just a month earlier. So it's, yeah, but it's all the same. Everything closed. Statutory holiday. Um, ours is on a Friday. So, or sorry, on a Monday, and um, which means it's a, a long weekend. But yours is on a Thursday, which I've never fully understood. But if you sneak to Friday, you get a four-day weekend. So well, no, and, and yeah, and usually we do. I mean, <laughs> so we have a two-day holiday, so we have a four-day weekend. So that's that's one of the benefits that of the, nice. of having it on a Thursday because you guys get a three-day weekend. That's nice too. Well, I'm going to recommend a Wednesday, and then we'll have a five-day, and we'll be one up on you. Yeah, there you go. I love it. <laughs> Always competitive, always competitive. Always. Uh, looking for looking for any opportunity I can. So I'm um, I'm I have to share a couple of other fun facts about Thanksgiving. I did do my research and I found that there are four additional places outside the U.S. and Canada that celebrate Thanksgiving. Do you have any idea where where these places are, Ross? Holy smoke! I know. Um, and these are not easy I answers. Say, can I say England or Great Britain? Um, yeah, you can, but that's. But it's <laughs> That's all I had. That's really, honestly, all I had. Yeah, well, okay. So here's here are the answers. The West African nation of Liberia. Interesting. That was my next guess. I know, I know. Actually, that was Dion's guess. Dion was going to say, he's like, I was going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, the city of Leiden in the Netherlands. Norfolk Island, a tiny Australian territory in the Pacific Ocean. Wow. And Grenada. Wow. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> All the things you could possibly want to know about Thanksgiving. So, okay, so today our show is all about giving thanks. And if you have a career question, we want to help you. Or if you've had some great advice that has really helped you either in your job search or on your career path that you think would be helpful to other listeners, we want to have that shared with everybody. You can give us a call now at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. And Patty is manning the phone. So, Ross, I'm going to throw this one out to you. What is the best career advice you've ever been given? That's an outstanding question. Um, now, you've got to remember, most of my career has been been running a company. So it's been mostly entrepreneurial. But before that, I did get actually um, one piece of amazing advice that actually landed me in this career. Um, and that was, I was working for a large organization and there was a, a, I was in HR. I was still in the HR world, but not in the career end of the world. And there was a woman in the department that got pulled into this really high-profile, exciting project that the organization was working on. And I just happened to mention, like, you're so lucky to be working on that. And she turned to me and she said, Ross, it wasn't luck. I spoke to the boss. I spoke to our manager and said, if anything exciting is coming down, I want to be part of it. And that's the advice I got, which was if you sit and wait for opportunity, it may come your way. 
But what I did was I then went to my boss and said, you know, if there are similar projects in the future that come down, something that our department can contribute to or something outside of my usual job thing, I really want to be considered for it. And so um, she took my advice and she, she was totally supportive. I got pulled into something that lasted about six months. It opened up other opportunities and I was, I, I was, I was pulled into all sorts of stuff because I got a bit of a name for myself outside of the work that I did in other areas across the organization. I remember one time um, towards the end of my tenure there, I got um, pulled into a really exciting project and it was just launching and we were, there were a whole bunch of directors and you know, senior people in the room and me and I felt like 200 levels below them. And the VP, we were waiting for the VP to come in and, and start the, the whole sort of strategy session. And I'd never met him before. And we walked in. I, you know, reached out my hand and introduced myself. And he, and he kind of looked at me and he said, oh, I know who you are, Russ. And, nice. I, he, and then he, he just sort of said, okay, everyone sit down. And he and everyone else in the room treated me like an equal. We were all in there together. And it was only because I had made a point of saying, I want to be part of these things. And I got a name for myself again. And it broadcast my brand across the organization. It's how I ended up in the career end of HR, which has been my career ever since. So that hands down was probably the best, most impactful advice I got. So there's a couple of things I want to pull out of that because there's actually multiple pieces of great advice in there. And hey, if you've got a great career tip or job search tip, we want to hear from you as do other listeners. They are looking for your great tips at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. Or you can send them to at bizradio111 or at Dr. Don Graham. So I like the part about ask. I mean, sometimes it's just that simple. Like people ask, how do, how do, you, how do you get on the radio? Well, I asked. <laughs> I asked. I said, you know, I think we should have a career show. And here, here it is. <laughs> how did that happen? Um, of course, there's a lot of thing, a lot of work that went into that. But I mean, really, it came down to that fact of I just asked. Um, the other thing you say that I like is if you're the smartest person and the most qualified person in every room you're in, you're in all the wrong rooms. You should constantly be wanting to get into those rooms where you're not the smartest, you don't know everything that's going on, and you can learn from the people who've come before you, the people who have experience in this area, and that's how you grow. I mean, if you want to if you want to be a great swimmer, you swim with the master's team, and yeah, you're going to be the slowest person, and you're going to you know, not be able to keep up, but if you want to get better, that's the pool you dive in. Um, and there's one other thing that uh, I want to pull out of this that you talked about, and it's so important, even if you're very happy in your job, even if you're, you're thrilled with your company and you think, well, I'm not really looking for anything right now and this is going well, what I would advise people to do is always have a goal. No one's going to manage your career for you. So if you're in a company, if there's something you want to learn um, or project you want to be on, just like you were talking about, Ross, you always have to be the one asking for it, getting on the teams, looking to to create situations where you can grow your skills. So here's something I'm going to challenge all of our listeners to do. Take a look at your skill set and say, where are the gaps? What are some of those things that I want to do? Maybe it's manage a team. Maybe it's manage a project. Maybe it's to get global experience. Maybe it's to learn a language. Whatever that is, maybe you want a certification. Put that as a goal on your list and work towards it because no one's going to do that for you. So your story has a lot. <laughs> well, I, I, it, 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 you know, when I said, you know, it, it was probably the best advice, but I think the other most important was it was the most impactful advice. I mean, it really did shift the direction and, and opened up the opportunity. And another one I'll just sort of throw out there that, um, that, that sort of aligns with it is keep your eye open for these opportunities because they do come along. Ask for them by all means, but every so often they kind of just pop around and you can just sort of, you know, recognize opportunities when they, when they come along. And I, I'm from the school of thought that says these opportunities come for a reason. And if, you're, if you happen to be there, go for it. Hey, if you've gotten some great career advice that you want to share with listeners, today's the day to do it. It's a day of thanks. It's a day of putting it out there that, hey, there's somebody who made an impact on your job search, on your career, or maybe just even on your life. Give us a call, 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. And let us know what is the best job search or career advice that you've ever received. So, Ross, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go down the networking path because, sure. I mean, this is just kind of my thing. Um, 
Networking is hands down one of the best pieces of advice that I have ever gotten. It's like if you want opportunities, you have to be out there where the opportunities are happening. And if people don't know you, if people don't meet you, if people don't understand what you do, then you're never going to get those opportunities just like you were talking about with yours. So so how do people like do that? If you're not looking for something or maybe you are looking for something, what are some of the best ways you can network and use that as a, um, a way to promote your career? Wow. I mean, there's so many different ways of networking and it's building a network is, is sort of, I mean, you know, I've often kind of thought of it as concentric circles. Like who is, who is within your first, your first reach, your arm's length um, that you want in your camp? And they can be just colleagues and so forth and, and people within your immediate surroundings. But who's the next level out? Is there, is there someone in another area? If you're thinking professionally within your company or even within your industry, who's that next closest person? that you might want to have a line to you and see if you can either get an introduction to them or if you happen to be in a meeting with them, make a point of saying hi. If you hear of them or if you, you know, anything, try to, try to get a connection. Sometimes it's as formal, and you know this, sometimes it's as formal as saying, I'd love to set up a meeting, let's have coffee sometime. Um, other times it's a little less formal. You sort of see them now and again, and you, you make a point of saying, you know what, we should do coffee sometime. And you build that, and you go from concentric circles. And I've known other people who have, who have set out an actual plan and said, if I want to get from here to there, there are certain people, real key influencers along the way, and I need to make a point of getting to know them. And they'll go right after them. And there's nothing wrong with that either. And I've heard tremendous success from that. So those are just a couple of ways. But I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head before when you said you've got to have kind of a plan. Otherwise, you're meeting people. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with just meeting people. But if you can be a little bit more strategic with it and say, who are the people I really need to meet? That's when you start meeting the influencers, the mentors, the people who can really claim a stake and, and you know, um, help, help you navigate, make the right decisions, and, and even be advocates for your career. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, I mean, just getting out there and talking to people. One of the things I always tell people to you is that everybody you meet, whether they're in your yeah. industry or not, everybody has something that they can teach you if you're just open to it. So be open to yep. it. Hey, we're taking your calls all hour at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. So if you'd like to share the best career advice you've gotten, we're here to listen. Derek in St. Louis, Missouri, welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind today? Hi, thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Love the show. Thanks, hey, so Derek. One of the best pieces of advice I ever got was always say yes. Um, so as an employee and now today as a manager, you know, there are countless tasks or things that you just you always need volunteers for and as an employee especially one that's new to an organization whether it's a a whole you know whether it's a company or just a new work unit within the same one if you're that person that's constantly volunteering and just say i uh, there's always time if you can make time and you make a name for yourself and you get that exposure piece um, to different parts of the organization or to your work unit that you may not otherwise have gotten just by keeping your head down and, you know, kind of doing your own thing. Mm-hmm. So um, always say yes. But what happens if you're scared? Like, like Derek, let's just say that I'm I'm a great individual contributor and, and somebody asks me to do something and I think, oh, my gosh, I don't know that I can do that. That's, that might be beyond my scope. I might ruin my reputation. What do you, what do you recommend for people who are feeling that? Well, I, that's a great question. Um, I put you on the spot. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Uh, First of all, I would say that generally, you know, there's always support. You know, it's one team, it's one organization, and, and the, the goal is to succeed. So there will be support around you, even if you if you are willing to be humble and put yourself out there. And if you are in a position where you say, look, I would love to do that for you. Um, here's where I think my limitations are. You know, what do you, what do you suggest? I guarantee you that if you're willing to just take point on whatever project or assignment that is, you don't necessarily need to have all of the answers. You know, mm-hmm. Being scared is fine. That's every one of us when we get out of bed every day. <laughs> yes. uh, you know, it's, it's, just, it's about having the self-knowledge and the self-awareness to know what your limitations are. You know, don't fake it until you make it. Uh, ask for help. Be honest. Be transparent. Have integrity and, and be willing to be responsible and take the point. And I think everything will work out. Yep. Two things I want to pull out that are so important that you said, Derek, is is one, you don't need to have all the answers ever. Even if you're the CEO of the company, you do not need to have all of the answers at all. Um, so that's one. And two, ask for help. We we hate being vulnerable. We hate asking for help. But you know what? Not every, If you don't have all the answers, well, of course, the smart people gather 
uh, colleagues around them who do have those answers and fill in the gaps. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Derek. Never say no to everything. And uh, thank you for listening to Career Talk. We are taking your calls all hour at 844 Wharton. That's 844-942-7866. So if you would like to share some great career advice you've received or great job search advice, we would love to hear from you. We are here with Ross McPherson, who is... The legend of resumes. I know. I, I'm like, you have so many titles, Ross, but he is, he's the president of CareerQuest, a certified interview and job search coach, but also the legend of resumes. <laughs> so we're going to go to Steve in Akron, Ohio. Steve, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today? Uh, thank you. I just wanted to make a point. Um, really, the best career advice yes. uh, that I've ever gotten is to make a connection with the highest level um, executive um, within your reach. In other words, if the CEO of the company is in the building, um, you know, swallow hard and make a uh, make an attempt to have a meeting with him, um, regardless of who you are and where or you're in the organization. Or her. Or her. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and you I apologize. I'm, I'm... I had you. I had you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but that would be um, something that I've experienced. Um, we just had a, uh, a takeover in our company, and I've actually done that myself, and I've done it previously, and it's amazing. Uh, there's so much fear um, with the other employees that it, it paralyzes them, in my opinion. And it is very intimidating and very scary, and there's a lot on the line. But I think they would be fascinated by how receptive that other person is regardless of their position in the company so i love the advice of follow your fear if it's if it's scary to you that's probably a good growth point so so if if, follow your fear obviously not into a dangerous situation down a dark alley but follow your career fear maybe um so okay steve so i so you want to make a connection with the ceo how do you even go about doing that do you knock on the door do you how do you do it what do you what are you going to well, talk about yeah it, i mean really in uh in my case i just went up and uh, introduced myself to the secretary and uh i came back three times until i got a meeting and um, it it added uh, legitimacy to who I am. Um, it it plays to um, this gentleman's point before of kind of this squeaky wheel gets the grease, if you will. If you just sit, and I've been given this career advice too. Hey, look, keep your head down, kid. Just do your job. Stay in your lane. Um, and I. I really haven't seen the activity, um, you know, the fruitful activity from that. And so I decided to take things in my own hands. And um, trust me, there won't be too many people um, that will do that. And it'll really um, put you in... um, in a good light if you come off well. Yeah, I agree with I, I agree with prepared. Yeah, definitely yeah, definitely have something prepared. I have a funny story about that if we have time, but um <laughs> I like that you said, you know, that you've been given this advice about stay in your lane, keep your head down because there's a lot of bad career advice out there and that's <laughs> one of them. I mean, if you if you have no desire to get ahead or you've no desire to kind of create security around your skill set and who you are. I mean, here's the thing. There is no security in a company any longer. So you do need to constantly be managing your own career. And, you know, hey, if you have uh, if you have friends in, in the C-suite in your, your company, that's probably a really good thing. Steve, thank you so much for calling into Career Talk and sharing your advice. Hey, we're taking your calls on the best career advice or job search advice that you've received. But Steve just brought up a good point. If you've received some bad career advice that you're like, oh, hells no, we want to hear that too. So give us a call at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. We're taking your calls now. If it's Thursday, we are live all hour. Julie in Texas, welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind? Hi, how are you? Hi, Julie. Um, I wanted to share with you some advice my father gave me. I'm 55 years old. I started working when I was 14. Um, in customer service and sales and have stayed in that uh, avenue all my life. But the one piece of advice he always gave me is 
don't be afraid to apply for a job that where you don't feel like you qualify for all the criteria that they're stating that they want. And I have more wonderful jobs um, by following that advice. I go in and know I only qualified for half or two-thirds of the requirements, but knew that I could learn everything else um, that they were requiring because you don't want to go into a job knowing it all um, because you want to show your value and your importance while you're there so you can climb up the ladder. And I just, I just think that, was, that stuck with me all my life. First off, I love that it's advice from your dad. That's that's awesome. I've got some really great career advice from my father as well. Um, and secondly, I agree. I think, um, Ross, I'd love to hear your opinion on this yeah. too because I, I feel like that when people um, put out a job ad or hiring managers put out a job ad, they put their ideal and, and nobody is the ideal. I don't even know if they put a lot of time into to reviewing it. It might be a job ad from 10 years ago and, and half the stuff doesn't even apply. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Oh, absolutely. Right. The, the, most of the, well, most. I, I don't know if there's a number to it, but I would say uh, assume that the, the job posting, if it's even a well-written, and we've also seen some pretty thin, horribly written job, job postings out there, but if you get a, a semi-decent one that actually lists some things that they're looking for, they really are looking in the truest sense for the ideal you know, walk-on-water version of, of, of the person that would fit in there. And I would say if you know you can do this and if you can add value and even if you can bring something unique to the table, which is something I'm always encouraging my clients, whatever they have that's really quite unique that other candidates might not have, by all means push that as well. Because, listen, I mean, they want to hire the person that's going to bring them the most value. And when they write a job description, they'll very often at a large organization just ask HR to put something together. And HR is not in the actual room doing the actual work sometimes. Mm-hmm. So very often, they, you know, you know, all of a sudden, you're able to put something forward that the hiring manager or hiring executive can look at and go, holy smoke, this could be, this opens up all sorts of new opportunity here. And, or this person can add value in ways that we, I never thought of. So I totally agree with you, and I think your dad gave you great advice. If you know you can do it, if you know you could learn the other pieces of it, if you've got the right attributes, the right drive, the right everything else, and you know you could do it, go for it. Absolutely go for it. Totally great, agree with that. Great advice, Julie. Thank you so much for giving a call to Career Talk and sharing <laughs> that with our listeners. Hey, if you're out there and you have some great career advice you want to share with our listeners or job search advice, or maybe you've been given some bad advice and you want to warn people to stay away from that, we are taking your calls all hour at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are here with Ross McPherson, the legend, the president of CareerQuest, who is calling in from Toronto. Toronto, and we're talking about Canadian Thanksgiving and giving thanks back. And here on Sirius XM Channel 111, we're going to go to Clarence in Bridgewater, New Jersey. Clarence, welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind? Hey, Don. How are you? Great. How are you? Hey, Clarence. I'm a longtime listener, first-time caller. I love, love your show, and I'm following you on Twitter. I think your posts are so insightful, so thank you. Well, thank you. Um, I wanted to share, I guess, both my best career advice and my worst career advice. Ooh, good, good. We have both <laughs> sides of it. Awesome. Ross, we love that. I'm, I'm all over this. Go for it. <laughs> okay. I think my best career advice, and I don't know if it's been mentioned yet, is to fail. Fail, I guess, in a way of not fail as much as you can. <laughs> <laughs> just just go out and, and screw yeah. things up. No, but, but I, think, I think it kind of resonates and has resonated in my career in terms of failing because you can't be afraid to fail. Um, and if you're failing... If you're not failing, you're probably playing it too safe. You're not trying. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that was, you know, I, it's hard to fail sometimes because you look at it as, your, as an internal failure and that it's your fault. But I think on the positive side of it is that when you fail, you realize certain things. You realize your strengths. You realize anything else that you can be doing uh, or, your, or your weak spots, um, and you can grow from it. So that was great advice that I got. Uh, and the worst advice that I got was to play it safe um, and looking at job, job opportunities where someone said, well, You've got it great right here. This is probably fairly easy for you. Um, why stress yourself out, which I think is probably a personal decision, but playing it safe to me means you're probably not growing in your career. Well, and the other thing I want to point out, Clarence, and um, Ross, chime in, but is it yeah. here's the thing. You can't really play it safe anymore because I think there was a time when – you're going to start with a with a company and retire 35 years later with your gold watch or your clock. But now with companies merging and globalization and new policies and regulations and you know new government, there is no there is no safe. So if you're not building your skills, if you're not 
meeting people, keeping your network wide, you're going to be blindsided one day when your company gets taken over and your department gets gets slashed. I'm not trying to like frighten people, but the fact is the only security comes from within. Mm-hmm. So a company is not going to manage that for you. So Clarence, I think the idea of playing it safe is it's it's not only bad career advice, it's 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 kind of career suicide at this point yeah. because I mean, I've heard statistics and I don't know how accurate these are, but by 2020 we're going to have more of a gig economy where people are more contractors and there's yep. going to be fewer full-time, you know, positions and things like that. So if you're if we're moving towards that and even if it's half true, you need to be able to market yourself. So, so Clarence, um, the the fail part to you that makes me it made me think of a quote that is: if you're not getting criticized, you're probably not doing much. So that's one of my favorite quotes. Clarence, thank you so much for listening to Career Talk and certainly for calling. Do call us again. We are taking your calls all hour at eight four four Wharton. That's eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are here with Ross McPherson on SiriusXM Channel One Eleven, powered by the Wharton School, and we are taking your calls on the best career advice you've been given, or as Clarence just pointed out, um, you can also give us a call and tell us the worst career advice you've been given. So we're going to go to Gary in Quakertown, Pennsylvania. Gary, welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind today? Hello, Don. Hello, Ross. I love the show. And you asked about, uh, somebody asked about networking. 15 years ago, I had to reinvent myself. And I look back over a 25-year career and said, what am I good at? I found out I was only good at a couple things. <laughs> One of them, in all honesty, was that I was a fact-based, data-driven financial manager. Okay, so I, I just used facts. And, you know, I thought it was obvious to me, so on my profile and resume, I stated that as an attribute. And then I, I never networked in my life. Shame on me. And I came up with a very simple tool. I said, who are decision-makers I should meet in my 50-mile market? And I categorized them. You know, CPA partners, bankers, lawyers, people who advise small company owners and CEOs. And I, I asked friends, I said, I want to meet three people in each category. And all I want to do is ask them, is, would my skill set transfer? And I walked in with an Excel spreadsheet, just pictures of columns across the top of influencers. And I said, you know, I met you and I appreciate 15 minutes of your time. Who should I meet? And they started telling me all the people I should meet. And what it, boiled, what it started to look like was an iceberg. A couple names on the top and below the waterline were 150 people I should meet in my search. And as a month and a half went along, I had 150 introductions because they all reached out. And as I started filling up that iceberg, people would look into my little notebook as I'm chatting with them. and said, what's that? I said, well, this is the way I keep track of things. It's fact-based, analytical. It's kind of the way I do everything I do. There's now 2,400 names on that list, and now the iceberg's inverted. And now people call me to meet other people and do business with me. So it's taking a basic skill that a financial person would have and turning it into a tool and turning it into your network prop. There's a couple things I like about that, Gary. One, networking, just period. That's kind of, that's my thing. Um, But but two, I like that, Ross, you were talking about this earlier, being structured. And deliberate and strategic. I love it. Yeah, that, and that is, and are you, Gary, so are you using this tool, this notebook now, or have you converted it to LinkedIn? I mean, what, how, how are you using it now? I've converted it a a bit to LinkedIn with 2,400 contacts in LinkedIn, but I'm actually in the process of writing a book on how to do this, an ebook, because so many people keep asking me. I've done this for outplacement services for mid-managers. I've done it for out-of-work veterans. I've done it for executive MBA programs um, and basically force people to do a self-assessment and then build their network tool around it. Mm-hmm. And I give the service away. Gary, we'd love to know when your book comes out because I think here's the thing. Um, people recognize the power of networking but they want some kind of structure they want something that will will give them kind of a, a path to go on because it seems so ambiguous and and scary and all that so definitely hit, hit us up when your book is out we'd love to we'd love to talk more about it to help people out there who are struggling with networking thank you so much for that advice thank you for putting that tool together and for promoting my favorite topic of networking <laughs> hey if you're listening we are on career talk and we are live all hour if it's noon eastern time on thursday i'm your host dr don graham and you can give us a call at 844 844- 
for Wharton. That's 844-942-7866. We're taking your calls on your best and worst career advice all hour in the spirit of Thanksgiving. But Ross, it's time now for our pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz? Okay, I have to admit, I changed this one last minute just to be aligned with, with Thanksgiving. So Okay. Okay. So and, and this is this is a US based question, Ross. Oh, well then it's like I have so, a terrible track record with your t- quizzes. So I know this one's giving me in harder. It's not okay. okay. So but but I know Dion's got the answer. Um <laughs> 91% of Americans eat turkey on Thanksgiving. That's that's a fact. However, on the west coast of the U.S., this is a common alternative main dish instead of turkey. Wow. This is a common alternate main dish on the west coast of the U.S. If you think you know, give us a call at 844-WARDEN. That's 844-942-7866. You're listening to Sirius XM Channel 111. We'll be right back. You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Brand. And welcome back to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are here with the legend Ross McPherson, who is the president of CareerQuest, calling in all the way from Toronto. It's our special Canadian Thanksgiving show because Ross, of course, is Canadian, and next week is Thanksgiving. So what, what a pair. What a pair, exactly. <laughs> and we are talking about your best or worst career advice. All hour long. So if you're listening, it's Thursday at noon. We're taking your calls at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. If you can't call, you can tweet to at BizRadio111 or you can tweet. Follow me at Dr. Don Graham per Clarence's advice from from the first segment. Um, (laughs) You can also follow my blog at dawnoncareers.com for great weekly advice that comes out. Where can people find you, Ross? Where can they find me? You can find me at my website at uh, yourcareerquest.com, or they can always call me toll-free at one 426 8548 And I would love to help anybody with really compelling resumes or fantastic LinkedIn profiles, wherever you're trying to brand yourself. That's my thing. I love that you gave a phone number, Ross. That's so old school. I know. I like going <laughs> old school. <laughs> That's great. We're going to answer the pre-break quiz in just a moment. Um, but before that, we're going to go to Dell, who's been patiently waiting in Tampa, Florida. Dell, welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind today? Love your show. Listen to it all the time. Thank you, Dell. I just wanted thank you. Uh, I just wanted to say from an employer's um, perspective, following up is so important. Ooh, do right. tell. Do we love employers' perspectives? Yep. So, so do you well, mean interviewing? That, yes, after the interview. Okay. I find that my best employees are the ones that call back and act like they're really interested. It's actually flattery to you know, kind of a flattery thing too. They really want to work for me. It's like, yay. So this is so interesting, Dell, because a lot of um, uh, job ads or, or postings say, you know, don't call us, we'll call you. <laughs> and people are, I mean, this goes to what we we're talking about in the first half of the show, which is, you know, should I follow the line? Should I go outside the line? So you're saying that if somebody comes in, they interviews, interview with you, you want, you want them to call you. I do. And even if it's, uh, they say in the ad, don't. What's it going to hurt? You know. See, and I agree with you. I will say that you know, obviously, you want to be polite and you want to, um, you know, not not push people or you know push for an answer, but to show your interest, it makes you stand out. And here's the thing: if you don't stand out, you may never even be be looked at again in that role. So, I mean, Ross. What do you think? You're, you're, give I, us the Canadian perspective. Well, I'll give you the well, Canadian and, and North American and pretty much everywhere with some of the clients that I work with. I advise all of them to do exactly as Dell said, which is follow up and thank. And it's not only thanking the interviewer, although that's absolutely critical. Within 24 hours, you know, you, you reply, whether it's, as, as Dell said, with a phone call or even an email, if you've been in touch by email, you do follow up with that thank you. You show enthusiasm and you appreciate the time that they've taken. That's critical. 
but it's with anybody. And you've heard, you were speaking of networking earlier, Don. Everybody, if you're taking an information interview, if you're having coffee with someone, a mentor, a friend, a colleague, an alum, um, a LinkedIn connection, you go out of your way to thank them. That is absolutely critical. Otherwise, and I've known people, I've known people who, for example, and you probably run through this um, at Wharton, Don, um, where you're encouraging people to get in touch with alum, uh, with alumni from the school or from the program, and there's, you know, there's a few out there that unfortunately take that sort of clutch and grab approach, which is, can you give me some advice and some help? And then they never hear from that person again. And it, that's Watch where your network grab. falls apart, your reputation, your brand falls apart. Express that, you know, I hate to use the cliche, but that attitude of gratitude and thank everybody. It is such a, it's not just courtesy, it is such a good, solid professional practice in a job search or in building a career. Yep, and and here's one of the best pieces of mm-hmm. advice that I got from my dad. Never burn bridges. Never. And you never know if somebody's going to come back around in your life in a different way and you want to, as you had said, Ross, to, to have been gracious, to thank them, and you just never know. Dell, thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk. We love hearing the employer's perspective, and thank you for being a longtime listener. Hey, we're taking your calls on the best or worst career advice that you've ever received at 844 Wharton. That's 844-942-7866. So before we go for further, I want to answer the pre-break quiz. So... Here it was. 91% of Americans eat turkey on Thanksgiving Day. Not a surprise. On the West Coast of the U.S., this is common as an alternate main dish instead of turkey. So, Dion, you know I'm coming to you first. I think I have it. Okay. I'm lying. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go with my favorite food. I'm going with seafood. Seafood. Can you be more specific? I knew you were going to ask me that. (laughs) Um, I'll say lobster. No. (laughs) But I will say that is probably the closest you've been. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's still wrong. Yeah, but you're you're really close. And and, all right, all right, Patty, we're bringing it home. Now, now Dion gave you a big hint. So, I was thinking a lot of things, including crab and seafood. It's and, crab. Oh, okay. Just it's, stop there. It's crab, but you know what? Oh, okay. Dion, you get a half a ding because it is Dungeness crab, and part of the reason is because crab season starts in November. And as somebody who doesn't eat meat, I'm going to encourage not just the West Coast, but everybody <laughs> to try the new tradition of crab. A couple other facts. More than 40 million green bean casseroles are served at Thanksgiving. Wow. 20% of the cranberries eaten are eaten on Thanksgiving. I don't think that's a lot. I would have thought it w- was more. Uh, and this is totally random, again, from, from the vegetarian who's trying to, to get people to, to move away from turkey. A spooked turkey can run at speeds of 20 miles an hour, and they can also burst into flight, approaching speeds of 50 to 50 mi- 55 miles an hour in a matter of seconds. So, hey, lots more reasons to eat crabs. <laughs> We're going to go to Zach in nashville tennessee hi zach welcome to career talk hey how are you doing today great zach what's on your mind well my grandma told me a long time ago she was in the healthcare industry which was growing up in nashville when i was younger and uh she told me one day she was sitting you know at a desk her head was down she was like zach whatever you do don't take a job just because they pay you more and yes. I grew up in a capitalist society, more money than I could do more things. I just didn't understand it until I had a family, had kids. And now I know you can't take a job for money because all it does is put extra stress on you. The more money you make, the more problems you have. You, know, you really got to like your job. I so agree with that. I so agree with that. And I would put that under the bad advice um, column is is to follow the money. Yes, money is important. Money is, is one of the reasons you're working. You need to support yourself and your family. But if you just follow the money, the the loss that you have in in maybe your your spirit or, or other areas, maybe family time, is, can be can be huge. I mean, Ross, what do you think? Well, that that actually brings up a really. I, I totally 100% agree with that. Is that there's so much more to your job or your career than just the money. Um, and it, I mean, it even gets into when you're when you're negotiating salaries, when you're looking at promotional opportunities. Um, the money is great. Let's not knock it. You said it, Don. I mean, you know, money's important, and more money is always nice. But uh, very often, the more money comes at a cost in some other area. 
And I've known so many people who, who have even said to me, you know, they want to change their careers. I've had executives come to me who say, you know, I'm a VP right now or I'm a, a C-suite exec right now. Um, in my next opportunity or my next role, I don't want to be that anymore because I haven't seen my kids in, in the last six months or um, I don't get, I'm not enjoying my life anymore. Yes, I'm making more money, but I don't have a life to enjoy with more money. So I totally agree. I mean, you need to support yourself and there's nothing wrong with going for the money, but recognize it's not, it's not everything to your career. It really isn't. Zach, thank you so much for calling in with that very, very wise advice. We really appreciate it. Um, And thank your great-grandma as well for for giving you that fantastic advice. Hey, we're taking your calls all hour at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. And we are talking about the best career advice or job search tips that you've ever been given that you might want to share with listeners or some bad advice you might have been given. So, hey, Ross, what is some bad advice that you you've heard aside from like we just talked about follow the money and yeah i i I hate to repeat it i mean the the one that that really resonated with me was one that i actually heard which was um you know just put your put your nose down and do your job and and everything will come your way and and i did hear something along those lines earlier on in my career and sort of the first couple years or so uh and and in my opinion just from again from working with so many people over the years and from my own experience um, I really think sort of a tone that I've heard from this whole phone call as well is don't be afraid to take to ask, don't be afraid to take control for your of, of your career because uh, that nose to the grindstone and just you know an opportunity will come your way. Uh, I don't think it's as solid a, a piece of advice anymore. I think just the the working world has changed very much. Here's a piece of advice that I, I it's it's controversial sort of, but follow your passion. I, I have to say I do not like that career advice, Ross. What do you think? Well, let me ask. I, there's elements of it that I agree with. Um, I did, there's, and, but there's elements of it that have some some traps in it. And I'm, I'm curious what your what your perspective is. Where 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 that falls apart? So I agree with what Zach said um, a few minutes ago about you should you should be interested and you should enjoy your work and you should enjoy your colleagues and it should be you know a satisfying environment and all of those things. But I feel like when somebody just gives you the the standard cliche of follow your passion, a lot of people feel pressure because they think, oh my gosh, there's one thing that I'm meant to do or supposed to do and I need to find it and I, you know, I can't find it. <laughs> and and I think it just stresses people out. So yeah. that's kind of the reason why I don't like just kind of that as a flip answer. Like, well, you should follow your passion. Like, well, of course, you should find satisfaction and have good energy around the work you do. But, but not everybody has one passion or not everybody, um, you know, your passion can change. Your and that actually brings up a beautiful point is that recognizing that your passion can change. And again, it's, it's not, it's, we've kind of tackled this whole idea of, of addressing and confronting, you know, fear in your, in your career, but making a change mid career, it can be very intimidating. But if you have, I, I personally think I know people, I've had clients who have made massive 180 degree turns in their career um, simply because they decided, you know, I love doing this and I want to know that by the end of my life, I, I took the chance. Mm-hmm. Um, I have top suite, C-suite executive who decided to go to cooking school and she went to the Cordon Bleu and then she was working in New York at some of the top restaurants. And she's now, you know, a top executive, but in the food industry. Um, but she, she just turned 180 degrees. I have another client out in California who's decided to be a firefighter because from the time he was 10, he wanted to be a firefighter. Um, I, I think, you know, it, I, I, I love the idea of it. It's your life. It's your, and I, and I'm all, my personal approach is I don't want to be myself even. Um, I don't want to be the person, and you heard the cliche that when you're sitting in a rocking chair 80 years old reflecting on your life that you were afraid to do X. Yep. Regrets um, cut deeper <laughs> oh, yeah. than, so, than failure, for sure. Oh, exactly. So I'm, I'm totally, totally for that. I, I agree exactly with, with what you said about, you know, it can put added stress, and not everyone has that passion, that one passion. Um, I would say this, even if you can't make it a career, if you have something you love, make it a huge part of your life at least. Yeah. Um, and so so maybe it's follow your passion with a little asterisk next to it or um, and say, <laughs> but you may have more than one passion. The other thing is sometimes things that you love to do, maybe they're hobbies, all of a sudden when you're doing it for income – become a different world well this isn't nearly as fun as it used to be when i was just doing it for relaxation so yep i'd like to say follow your professional energy follow things that inspire you and and really make you feel motivated but no you may have more than one passion or it may just be that your passion 
uh, something you do on the weekends and evenings. So, Wendy in Colorado, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today? Yes, I have hit a wall a number of times after an interview when you get into the company and you see the real state of their culture that's not always projected in the interview process. One of the things I've been trying is to actually learn about the culture and vet it before I take the job. So a recent, um, I recently did that by calling, finding some folks that had left the company and through my LinkedIn and my network. And I think it got back, I'm sure it did, to the hiring executive. And I don't know if it's why I didn't get the job, but I'm wondering um, what's your two cents on doing that? So you, you interviewed for a job, you ended up not getting it. Somewhere between the interview and not getting it, you had called some employees to say, hey, what's the culture like here? And that got back to the hiring manager, and you're wondering if that, in part, was why it didn't end up and working out. Exactly. Okay. Um, so a couple of things I want to pull out of this, Wendy, that you bring up that are important is, one, I comp- this is kind of, Ross, what we were just talking about. Yeah. I mean, c- culture of a company can make you thrilled and happy and satisfied or it could crush you (laughs) so it's so important that you find out and unfortunately one of the the best ways to find out is is to to talk to your network or talk to people in companies so you know you could go on uh, glassdoor.com and find out that way but but i think talking to people is, is one of the best ways and it sounds like maybe in your case it backfired but um ross what are your thoughts um yeah, it's hard to know. Um, you know, obviously, in, in Wendy, in your case, it's hard to know whether that was the decider or not. I, I think it's actually a, a, a great idea to sort of look into the culture. But I would also, with the caveat there is uh, you've got to be cautious how you do it. If you're only talking to people who have left the company, you may get a very biased, one-sided kind of a look at the company. Yeah, good point. Um, and it's also how you do it. It's, you know, I mean, if you're, you know, if there's nothing wrong with, um, you know, doing it in sort of what I call stealth mode. I mean, you can certainly network around and talk to people and look at Glassdoor um, and take it all into consideration. Uh, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. If they did, Wendy, if they did actually, if that influenced or was a huge factor in you not getting the job, then maybe this wasn't the right culture. That's that's the killer. That's the, the test right there. Um, yeah, that's so great that's point. another way of looking at it. And it's interesting when you make me think of a story about, about somebody who um, – asked one of my clients who asked to talk to the team before deciding to accept the mm-hmm. job and the manager is like no and i think bam there's a red there flag yeah. <laughs> because why would you try and hide the team from from the person and you know i totally agree with ross maybe on this one you dodged a bullet and that could have been a good thing but i love your idea of researching the culture because it has to be a good fit for you if it's not even if the money's great even if you you like what you do day to day if you're in a toxic culture it will totally drain you wendy thanks so much for giving us a call on career talk hey we're talking we're taking your calls all hour at 844 wharton that's 844-942-7866 and we are talking about the best or worst career advice you you have received and we're going to go to Janelle in Jacksonville, Florida. Janelle, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today? Yes, I wanted to know your opinion about the advice to always be interviewing. I read that and I wasn't crazy about it because it just takes a lot of work to make a good resume and actually get an interview. But the idea was that you would always know what's going on in your industry and what different employers are looking for and you would get practice. Mm-hmm. I, I think the the word here always just is the one that needs to be defined. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not always, but I, I do agree with the advice that, you know, it's funny. One of my former bosses, every time she would see me, she would say, like, are, are you looking for a job? And I said, always. And I really wasn't actively looking for a job. But what I was I, my advice to my team, as well as the people around me, was that, you know what? Um, if people, if a recruiter reaches out to you, if you see a job that might be of interest, um, there's no harm in checking it out. It may be that, hey, this is the perfect opportunity. And even though I wasn't looking, this is where I'm meant to be. But it also may be that, hey, you know, the grass isn't greener and it makes you happier in your current job. Ross, what do you think about the always interview? Totally agree. Yeah, it's the word always that scares me. I don't, yeah. I don't... I think I think certainly you know keep yourself open to it. If you're perfectly content where you are, 
um, that's your choice. But really, I think it's just a good idea. Just as you had said, Don, you know, if a recruiter calls, be open to the opportunity and at least take that meeting and take that phone call. And if you see an opportunity, a learn of an opportunity, there's no harm in, you know, throwing your hat into the ring and sort of seeing what happens and learning. It keeps you, keeps you fresh, keeps you sort of on top of what the market is, but it's not like you're in an active, full-scale job search mode 365 days a year. I don't think that's it. I think it's just being aware of, the, of the, either the industry landscape or of opportunities that are out there. Um, I, the one thing I like about it, the positive side of it, is that obviously, again, it opens up opportunities and keeps you aware of, the, of your industry and so forth. Um, the opposite of not doing that at all is the person who just, as we'd said earlier, just puts their head down and then they sort of lift their head 12, 15 years later and go, how did I end up still here? Um, and that's the opposite, is if you're not being aware of it. And so I think there's, there's value in there. It's just finding that right balance. Yeah, and then you're terrified at, at the 15-year oh, mark totally. of like, oh, I don't know what's out there. I don't yeah. know if I even qualify, what's going on. But if you're, and again, always interviewing, I would say, you know, maybe once or twice a year if you find a job that or somebody puts a job in front of you, you know, talk to them. Because I know a lot of people say, well, aren't I wasting their time if I'm not really serious? And I would say two things. I mean, if it's a job that you you could be interested in at some point, then, you know, it's worth learning more about it. But the second thing I always say to people is, you know what, they're not guaranteeing you a job just because you're interviewing. No. So in, in the flip side, you could look at it as, well, are they wasting your time? So yeah, I like that advice. I think it's important to, to continue to keep your networking skills up, your interview skills up, and to just know what's going on in the market out there. Janelle, great, great advice for our listeners. Thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk. Hey, we are here every Thursday live at noon Eastern time, but you can also follow my blog at dawnoncareers.com or Twitter at Dr. Don Graham. And Ross, as we are wrapping up, mm-hmm. are there any books or websites or anything that, you know, on, on the career topic that you just you just love that you want to share with the listeners? Oh, holy smoke. There's there's so many. Um, you know, one that, and this was um, years ago. I mean, there's one, there's one book called Career Distinction, which is about sort of defining your unique brand. And it's always been a favorite of mine. It's by a, a friend of mine or a colleague of mine, Kirsten Dixon, um, that I think is fantastic. But there was one, um, and it's kind of, it was How to Become CEO. Mm-hmm. And this was a long time. And the way I like the book is the way, it's literally just, and this is easily probably almost 10 years old, but what I liked about it was it was little vignettes, just, a, just little kind of sh- vignettes. It's a small book, but there's probably 60 to 75 little, little great tips in there. And I pulled so many fantastic ideas out of that book. That's just one of, always been one of my favorites. That's awesome. Two of mine, and they're, again, both uh, <laughs> both several years old now, but The Introvert Advantage by Marty uh, Olson-Laney changed mm-hmm. my life. I'm an introvert, and this actually <laughs> just made everything okay in the world again. So if you're an introvert, this should be your Bible. And the other one I really love that's been um, new, uh, re- rewritten and, and republished is Make Your Contacts Count. And the reason I love this is because it's practical networking advice. It's like, oh, I could go out and do this. So it's awesome. So Thank you for everyone who listened today and shared your best and worst career advice. You guys make this show every week, and we are so thankful for that. Um, Ross, tell people how they can find you, please. Um, Certainly. They can find me. uh, My name, again, is Ross McPherson. My company is CareerQuest. You can find me at www.yourcareerquest.com, or you can always call me. Apparently, that's considered old school. (laughs) Sorry, Ross. (laughs) Uh, You're still the legend. You're still a legend. I'll give you my mailing address, too. (laughs) Um, It's 1877. 426-8548. Thank you so much, Roz. I love having you on the show. Patty and Dion, you guys rule. You've been listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we will see you next time.